Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. The name of this message is Vision. I'd like you to meet power. Vision. I'd like to introduce you to power. We are a vision church. And if you stay in here long enough, you're gonna have big vision. And your vision will be elevated and you'll come from looking at your problems to looking at your God, from looking at your lack to looking at the things that are coming. That's part of what happens here. But vision, if it's not met with resource, if it's not met with power, will eventually give you a sick heart, a disappointed heart. We have to be a church that marries vision to power. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about that this morning. Is this okay? We're gonna start with Acts chapter one, verse eight, in the New King James Version. And it says that you, he's talking to the disciples, this is Jesus. First thing he said to them once he gets raised from the dead is he begins to give instruction for what they should do to receive what they need. Says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he'd already given them a vision of what they were gonna do with their life, the impact they were gonna have, the people they were gonna reach, the message they were gonna bring. But he said, this message doesn't really work with persuasive words. This message only works with power. In other words, the gospel, the good news, is never intended to penetrate any culture without power. So the vision was go penetrate culture with my message, with my truth, with my ideology, with all the things that people really need to live the life that God created and engineered them to live. But you just need to know you can't convince them with persuasive words, but you can convince them with a new baby. You can convince them with a miracle. You can convince them with power, okay? And so honestly, our gospel, if it's void of power, it's actually, we're, we're diminishing the very nature of the message we bring. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can be, it doesn't mean you can't be intellectual. It's one of the things I love about Dr. Mike Yeager. He's a brilliant mind. But a brilliant mind has to be married to power. It's not just brilliance. We're not winning a city with an intellectual argument. But we're not checking our brains at the door either. It's both. And. So let's get back to um, the first thing that we're asked to do. And it's go in to all the world and preach the good news, gospel means good news, to all creation. This is the, this is the vision, okay? This is Awaken's vision, is to penetrate all the world with the good news of 
the gospel or the message of Jesus Christ. It's not complicated. It's one of the things I love about our church is we haven't complicated things. We actually simplify things. Very simple, clear mission, but that mission requires power. I heard a story, again, studying the life of Dr. Cho. I just heard it. Uh, I've been in pursuit of the mantle that he carried to change a nation, to change. And if you're going to change a nation, you first got to change you, and then you got to change your family, then you got to change your community, then you can move maybe to your city, and then your city to your state. And you're, you always start at an micro level, you move to a micro level, and then hopefully, eventually, the principles are powerful enough to move to a macro level where you can begin to shift bigger things. But it always starts with you, and revival starts with you. And so I've been studying personal revival with the hope and the heart to bring about national revival, okay? And so I, I've been studying the revivalist himself, Dr. Cho. And since he just passed away, I've been delving in to his story and how he found um, these principles that unlocked power for the gospel that he felt called to. If you don't remember, if you don't know, he's a great study, a great study. Read the fourth dimension. Um, uh, he got saved from tuberculo- tuberculosis when he was a teenager, And at that time in South Korea, they didn't have resources unless you were from a well-to-do family. There wasn't like uh, an opportunity for you to just go down to the hospital. They sent him home to die. And they basically told him, you have three months left to live. And he stood looking at, or laid on his bed, coughing up blood, looking at the ceiling, basically telling Buddha that he was done with Buddha because Buddha didn't work for him. And he cried out to the unknown God. And he, this missionary girl comes to his house and shares the gospel with him. And it changes his life and heals him of tuberculosis. And so he ends up going, so he already needed a practical God. See, good news for Dr. Cho wasn't going to heaven. He's like, I'm a young man. There's plenty left for me to live. Good news is not heaven for me. Good news is healing. (laughs) Good news allows me to live. And then he went on to Bible school, and then he went into his community, and he began to preach. But at Bible school, all they had taught him to preach was heaven and hell. And so he ventured into this young lady's tent in the poorest area. This is right after the Korean War. It was one of the most impoverished times in Korean history. They were subservient to Japan. Japan completely dominated everything, and they they had no economy. They had no strength. They had no identity. And so this was where Dr. Cho comes onto the scene. And he's now saved miraculously and wants to bring, what's the gospel again? Good news to the people he are called to. He's called to South Korea, which is in massive poverty. He walks into this lady's tent. She has no teeth, dirt floor, and he begins to teach and preach to her heaven and hell. And she just laughs at him. He says, young lady, you need to receive Jesus so you don't have to go to hell. (laughs) She said, I live in hell. We have no money. My husband's an alcoholic. He beats me. This is hell. It so shook him that he went back to his time with prayer and asked God, whatever I was preaching wasn't good news to her. If I can't deliver her from poverty, I don't have a gospel with power. My nation 
needs the power to deliver from poverty. Just like you powerfully delivered me from tuberculosis, I need you to powerfully deliver my nation from poverty. And he began to cry out for good news that had power. He began to get a vision for what his people needed, what South Korea needed. And he began to get a vision. He began to incubate in his mind what it looked like, what the good news looked like. And the beginning of this message that we have to have is you and I need to incubate, like, what is Bremerton going to look like? How are we going to dress him? What are we going to name him? You need to begin to get a picture, a vision, a vision of what good news is for you and for the assignment God's given you. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. And then you need to find a way to marry vision to power. So I didn't know this. I've been studying Dr. Cho. I didn't realize the whole theme of their church became after this encounter with this lady who needed more than heaven and hell message. She needed power to transform her real world and her ability to raise her children and her ability to hope and believe. There was massive hopelessness and despair in South Korea. So he began to get a vision for prosperity. And guess what his theme scripture became? Beloved, above all things, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That became the vision. But every vision needs to be introduced to power. Um, All right, second, or the first point in this message, vision, I'd like you to meet power, is that you and I need to find our divine go. So God calls all of us to go into all the world and preach, teach, and force good news to all creation. What is your divine go? You see, because it's no longer just um, regional or geographical, the gospel needs to penetrate spheres of culture. So we celebrated Marco and Natalie as they've said yes to bringing good news to the city council. Good news to it, okay? So they're packaging their belief system in the language of the city council and government. All of us have a divine go. Pathfinders is actually not about find your inner business. It's finding your divine go. That's why we celebrate government and politics. It's why we celebrate arts and entertainment and sports. It's why we celebrate the media. It's why we celebrate education. It's why we love Dr. Disruption herself, Dr. Lisa Dunn. 
um, who's seeing massive opportunities open up for her in the education space. That's, that's her package, that's her language. It's a professional language, but it's the good news into a sphere of culture that's been dominated and occupied by dark, evil powers that are corrupting our children. And if you don't think that good, good news for the education system is it comes and it's disrupted and brought back into the hands of the righteous. That can't happen with just intellect. That can only happen with power. But power is always connected to your divine go. What's your divine go? One of the things about Awaken that's so unique is we come together corporately to encounter God and take and tackle the issues of the city. We're a city-taking church but all of us have a unique go within the church and outside of the church. All of us have a unique role to play where we need God's power to run kids' church, to run men's prayer, to run Pathfinders, to run all the things that make Awaken amazing. So there's an internal divine go that you and I get to be a part of, but you know what I love about it? We also have a divine go that's outside the four walls. Both of them need power. God wants to turn on, turn up the power flow in your life and in my life so that we can be effectual with the good news. He doesn't want us just having empathy for the city. Imagine if Dr. Cho left meeting this woman in her tent with a broken heart and empathy. He could have cared for her, but not brought change. I want you to know his gospel didn't show up the next day with food. Remember the gate called beautiful? Peter and John show up. The beggar only had a point of reference for feed me, support me. This gospel said, no, no, no. Silver and gold, I don't come with not saying I'm impoverished, but that won't help you. But what I do have puts power in your broken places. I often wonder what that guy went on to become. Because his destiny wasn't to be healed, his destiny was to be utilized. But you'll never be fully utilized until you experience the power of God to restore you. But once you're restored, now you get to be activated. Once you're restored, you get to find your divine go. So, I just gotta keep track of time. I've been known to just read a couple scriptures and lose all my points. And in an environment like this, it's easy to do that. It's very easy here. I, it's a sign of what Pastor Mike was talking about. There's, there's people here that are engaging in the kingdom. And that's why it's very easy to minister here. And I wanna say thank you for engaging. Thank you for engaging God and bringing God into your family and bringing God into your community and bringing God into the sports fields of life. Um, we, we are raising four kids. We have one who's just graduating from the United States Marine Corps. Yeah, hurrah. And uh, he feel like he's never felt more alive towards God. 
than using his Intel brain for our country. And um, it's activated him. And one of the things when you find your divine go, it activates you. Because it's actually your engineering that God pre-wired you for, that once it meets its destiny, meets its assignment, that engineering gets activated and there's nothing quite like your engineering getting activated and then turned on by the divine. Our son is a soccer player. How fun to be a part of Awakened Church where an, an, a Marine can serve God and so can an athlete that both have a role in the church and outside of the church. You know, the first time I ever encountered a divine go that was a little unorthodox, wasn't the traditional ministry, uh, missionary call. Remember, that's used to, that used to be the only thing you could do for God, was be a missionary in some part of the world that you probably didn't want to go to. And the more you despised it, the more God was pleased with it. Has anybody been a part of like that kind of teaching and stuff like that? And, well, how wonderful it is, but the first time I ever saw unorthodox um, expressions of people that loved God but were using their, their passion and their engineering to serve him was the Brazilian soccer team. Yeah, it was in 2009. I was on a, uh, um, a legacy trip with my parents, or Melissa's parents, and we were in Mexico, and it was the Confederations Cup, and the U.S. was doing pretty well, which is uncommon in soccer. <laughs> and I'm a bit patriotic, so I was pretty passionate about watching this. And uh, they had just knocked off Spain. Spain was on like a 17-game win streak. They were the top team in the country. Um, and uh, guess who they faced in the final? The U.S. team. They faced Brazil in the final. And uh, I didn't know anything about the Brazilian team. I didn't know they had this extraordinary player named Kaká, who was a Balloon Dior winner. I didn't know any of this stuff. I was just, I loved the game, and I was watching my national team win, and, or not win, but play. And so here I am watching the game, and the U.S. goes up 2 nothing right before halftime. I'm like, oh, my gosh, God is real. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, um, God really showed up, and they lose like normal. And... Uh, but what happened after the game changed my life. I didn't know soccer could be a divine go. I didn't know you could honor God that way at that level. I didn't know you could speak the language of sports and speak the language of a community and speak the language of a nation and bring the good news with power. And now, they may not have had much power if they would have lost to the United States. I just want you to know that. Like, in soccer, that wouldn't have been like a nation-discipling moment. But because they won that day, they came back and won 3-2, to two, um, that gave them a lot of influence with their nation and around the nations of the world. But what happened in 2009 changed my life forever and really is part of the genesis of why we started Pathfinders and why we feel called to send people not only to be amazing and find their go in the church, but also find their go out of the church was what happened that day. And uh, there's 220 million people that live in Brazil. Most of them, the average mean is under the age of 30. So if you really want to capture the heart of a nation, find the youth, okay? And there's over 100 million of them in Brazil that we're all watching this game. And all their idols is Kaká and all these players on the Brazilian national team. And what happened just changed my life forever. After they won, they all got in the middle of the field. And they put on shirts, white shirts, that said... I love Jesus. 
not in the Brazilian language either, in the global language, in, a, in, the, in the English language. White shirts that said, I love Jesus, is big and bold. And then white shirts that said, I belong to Jesus. So they were either wearing that or the other. And then the leader is a guy named Kaka. I didn't know Kaka happens, you know what I mean? But Kaka happened to me. And it turns out at 18 years of age, he jumped into a swimming pool, broke his neck, hit his head on the ground. The power of God came to him, healed him. He wrote and always played with God is faithful, stitched on his boots. But he didn't just get healed. His healing activated his divine go. His divine go was to play the game he was engineered for his whole life for the glory of God. And he ended up leading his team, not only AC Milan, to the Champions League trophies uh, and a personal Balloon Dior winner, but he led his nation to championship after championship, including this Confederation Cup, and then they offered this trophy to God right in the middle of the field. They worshiped God with this trophy. And I started thinking about it. Like, I don't know. Pastor Mike can clean this up if, uh, if I'm off. <laughs> but I started even thinking about, like, are there... You know, it says when you get to heaven, you're going to cast your crowns. And I started thinking, well, how do you cast a crown if you haven't won anything? <laughs> and I started thinking, like, I, I'm not saying that every professional trophy is going to be in heaven, but I have a feeling that one will be. Because they won it for God. Their exploits won the match on the biggest stage of life for their king. And you know what else they did? They didn't just honor God with their victory. They discipled their nation. Every young person wanted to be Kaka. And Kaka was the trademark of God-loving, engineered to play soccer for the glory of God. Is that crazy? You gotta find your go. You gotta find your divine engineering. Yeah, get healed, get delivered, get fixed, get restored. You have broken places, so do I. Let's get them fixed so that we can get back to our divine engineering so that we can penetrate the culture in our city. Amen. I know. I know. Last couple things I'm going to share. Point number two, the stakes are high. Right now, in this city, in this nation, the stakes are high. I just read an article that George Soros, you may or may not know who he is, but he uses his wealth to destroy this nation. He wants to kill and destroy this nation. He just bought a radio station in Florida so that he can influence the Hispanic population with lies and rhetoric so he can try to move this next election. I, I want you to know we're not playing anymore just for a couple of converts and build a nice building. We're playing. The stakes have never been higher in California, in San Diego, on our school boards, in our city councils. They've never, ever been higher. 
And this is why the Apostle Paul said, you and I are all in a race. But we need to run in such a way that we win the prize. Because there's a lot on the line if we lose. And yeah, God's gracious and he loves you and heaven's going to be amazing. But he put you here on this planet for a reason. And the stakes are high on your life. Bring your life to God. Let him restore you. And then engage culture in the go that he's given you. And go with an expectation for results. Because if you don't, there's somebody out there in the world that has nefarious plans for this nation, for this city, for your family, for the school you're in. And it's he who fights the hardest and brings the most to the table. Now we have a God part of our equation, but God's power has to meet somebody who has faith. Bremerton was God's plan all along. But if Bremerton if didn't meet faith, then I wonder how many plans that God has that he just is waiting. It says the eyes of the Lord look to and fro, longing to show himself strong in the city, longing to show himself strong in the community. But if he can't find faith, if he can't find action, if he can't find people who surrender to a divine go, he's actually a little bit hamstrung in his ability to move. He set it up that way. His providence needs to meet our passion. Okay, last point. Is this okay? There is power for today's go. So remember, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we've been reading about the Apostle Paul, and we've been studying Dr. Cho, who saw power to change a nation, learned a little bit about Kaka, who had power to disciple a nation through soccer. Are you kidding me? Can you really do? Yeah, yeah. It, there's no divide between what's sacred and what's secular. Everything's sacred. Everything you and I do, if we do it for God, with God, by God, it's sacred. But we have to turn the power back on today. It, I'll give us a quick tip on how to do that. Um, and I feel like it's almost been a bit of a common theme this morning. Pastor Mike came and really closed that vision builder testimony down. And power is reserved for those who've surrendered their life. Power is not for those who hold their life, keep their life, or are trying to build their life. Power is for a good soldier who's laid his life down for the cause. And to the degree that you and I can lay our life down for the cause of the kingdom, to seek first the kingdom, to the degree that, yeah, we find our engineering, we find our, di our divine go, we realize, man, the stakes are high right now. So put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I'm not just going to root for the team. I want to play. I want to get on the field of life and use my engineering to contribute to the cause. And I surrender myself to Team Jesus, 
to Team Awaken, to Team Kingdom, to Team America, whatever it is, the cause on your life. I'm going to share this last scripture. This is becoming, and I want to say becoming because I found that there are stubborn tendencies within me that still like to live for me, <laughs> that still get myopic and get concerned about my well-being, my survival, my financial status, my success. And I am wrestling that out and continually orienting my life toward power, which is toward surrender. So this is my currently my life meditation verse. You can take it. I didn't come up with it. I studied a man who accessed the power of God, and I'm trying to emulate how he got it. It's the Apostle Paul in Acts 20, 24. He says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Why don't we all stand? Uh, maybe just put your hands out. very simple message, you know. You and I have been sent into our world with good news. What does that look like for you? What, what's your expression? Is it basketball? What, what is it that you have in your hand that you're going to represent your God with, influence your community with, your team, your culture, your workplace? Where's your divine go? And, and this, this can't just be corporate. What, what are you doing? What's in your hand right now that's actually more valuable than you thought? What's in your hand brought up under what God has created you for is actually quite powerful and quite remarkable. Where's your divine go, though? Your engineering. So you envision that in your mind. The next thing I need us to envision is what's the stakes? What happens if we don't fight, run for city council, train extra hard on the sports court? What if we don't do our part? What's the stakes? Do you really matter? Oh yeah, you do. And then third, imagine your life. Use your, ma your mind here. Use your own imagination. We, we saw Bremerton earlier. He moved from imagination to reality. What needs to move from your imagination into your reality? Because that's what God's come to do today. He's come to put power on you for your divine go because the stakes are high. Final thing I'm going to ask is where do you need to surrender your life? Because power is for the surrendered. Power is for those that have aligned themselves with the mission of the king. If you're here today and you know 
One of the reasons power is not turned on in your life is you haven't surrendered fully yet. You're kind of still living for you, and I get it, I'm there. We all are to some degree. But today, you wanna bring your life, whether it's broken like Kakaz was, your dream, whether it was empty like Bremerton's parents was. If you're here though, and you wanna bring your life in whatever state it is, whether it's functioning and flourishing and ready to go, or still need of repair, if you realize that the, the hope for you is to come back to surrender your life to God. If that's you, could you just put your hand up? I wanna know who you are. There's a lot of us in here. I'd say most of us. Let's just pray a simple prayer, all of us together. Lord Jesus Christ, you deserve all of me. I present all of me to you, both the broken places and the optimum engineering. All of me, I give to you. You deserve me. Here I am. Amen. Okay, the rest of us, I'm just going to release a little bit of prayer over us right now. I want you to imagine and I want you to receive power this morning. Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you for this extraordinary East Lake congregation. I want to thank you for the things that you're doing here in this building, in this awakened church community. And I say, turn the power up. Turn the power up on our junior high. Turn the power up on our kids ministry. Turn the power up on our eMERGE ministry. Turn the power up on our prayer. I'm gonna tell you right now, get to men's prayer. If you are a male, and there is a difference between males and females, whether you know that in our culture, just shows you how much power we need, by the way. If you are a, a living male, get to men's prayer on Tuesday. That's where we turn the power on. That's where we, that's where we, Turn the power on. But, God, I declare East Lake is known not just for its vision, but for its power. Enlarge the power in this community. Enlarge the power in every sphere of awakens expressions in this city. God, I bless this church with vision that's met power. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.